Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined today by Liz Waterstrot. Hello, Liz. Hi, Sarah. How are the holidays going for you? So far, so good. 11 <laughs> days to go. Oh, my gosh. I tell you, uh, I don't know. I think somebody needs to come tap me on the shoulder and be like, um, you got to start getting some things for your kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, though, because they're older now. Yes. And they didn't. Usually my twins, who are now 17, they do very nice um, holiday gift lists. And they haven't done that for me yet. Daphne, the girl twin, she texted me one. I'm like, no, no, no. I want the paper one so I can save it and look at it and have a reminder of it. So I bought her a couple of things because she is proactive. And she bought a few things herself that then I reimburse her for. Yeah. So do you have a little daily visitor in your house that moves from place to place? I am a huge Elf on the Shelf fan, <laughs> and I might come under fire for this because I know many people do not love moving their Elf mm-hmm. night after night. Mm-hmm. When we first got the Elf, I resisted it, mm-hmm. kept him in the box. Ooh. And finally, I said, this is such a short period of time in mm-hmm. your life mm-hmm. when the kids will really look forward to this. Mm-hmm. So I went all in. And now it's honestly one of my favorite things to do each year. And what's your elf's name? Remind me that. His name is Hardy. H-A-R-D-Y? No, of course not. Oh, H-E-A-R-T-Y? Yes, that is how my daughter spelled it. That I I also thought maybe it was H-A-R-D-Y. I thought like like Thomas Hardy, (laughs) the author. I know. <laughs> no, it's it's really it's really a, a cute tradition, and, and this year he brings them gifts every day. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, usually Grandma spoils my kids on Christmas mm-hmm. to a degree that I could never match, and I don't even want to try. <laughs> so I realize that this is just going to be my way to spoil them every day leading up to Christmas. And how big, I mean, are we talking, uh, you know, a sleeve of Starbursts or, you know. Trinkets. Trinkets. Okay. Which they seem to really enjoy. Like today, they got marbles. And I don't know that I've ever seen my kids playing with marbles. And they were on the floor Mm. acting like marbles were just the best thing they've seen, you know, since (laughs) yesterday. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And do you find it a challenge to figure out that many little trinkets to give them? No, because, Sarah, my former career was children's programming. Oh. So coming up with just the creative connections is me in my zone, and I really like that part of it. Mm -hmm. So I just go to a store Mm -hmm. and walk around, and I'll see, like I saw nail polish that my daughter might like. And I Mm -hmm. thought, oh, okay, so Hardy can have a spa with a Barbie. (laughs) You know, the creative side comes out. Now, I have to ask, did you only give your daughter nail polish or did you give your two sons nail polish as well? (laughs) 
my two sons actually enjoy painting their nails. Yes. Uh, I, I was I, sincere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I did give Mason something different and mm-hmm. Max, you know, poor Max, he's 12. So he's mm-hmm. gotten the short end of the stick on this because sometimes I can find a trinket for him mm-hmm. and sometimes I can't. Mm-hmm. We seem to have this implicit understanding that that is okay because he helps me set up the scene at night. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think he gets a kick out of doing that versus, you know, getting another set of marbles for himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You realize you are now going to have to take a picture of one of these scenes because I thought it was just the elf plus the trinkets. And it sounds to me like you make a little tableau. Oh, what, it tells me. a story. Yes. Mm-hmm. Are you are you not on the Instagram? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not. No. Oh, well, it depress- Instagram depresses me. Mm-hmm. Sarah. Oh, Sarah, this could be another podcast, but but that's for the new year. So I I put my scene on my stories every day. And I'll tell you, I know that there's haters out there and that's, that's fine. You know, we can't make everyone happy. But I get a lot of feedback. You know, thank you. Thank you for this idea. All different people like it or comment on it. So it's been kind of a fun conversation starter. But I do, if any of the moms out there need ideas, mm-hmm. just follow mm-hmm. me on Instagram. And I, I have a little highlight where I put all my elf scenes. Yes. And you are Liz.Waterstrat. And that's with, yeah. with uh, there's three A's total. Two of them are together at the end before the final T. Uh-huh. Thank you. Yes. Gosh, I should take you with me to every doctor's office. Waterstrap? Strap? Street? <laughs> now I'm really excited to see this. I really kind of want to take a pause and go look at it. But okay, but no, 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 no. Right now, I know that people can't see this, but right now, I'm sending you what he did last night. Oh, very good, very good. There you go. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's not coming through. It's not coming through. Please come through. Take there it is. There it is. There it is. Oh, so I am looking at the little red clad elf. And it says, losing my marbles, a little sign that looks like it's written by an elf. That is very cute. And then what is that kind of like a little marble, almost like a mouse trapped type? It's a marble uh, run. Yeah. Marble run. Oh, look, there is a word for it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then some of them are scattered on that. And then there's two or two bags. Two bags. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, and so he's crouching. So I always thought he had to be kind of part of... And I don't mean to um, assume Hardy's gender. I thought that the elf had to be kind of in a a nook or cranny. I didn't realize that an elf could just be propped there like all by itself. He's very pliable Mm -hmm. and he can be submerged in water. Oh, look at that. Um, He also is covered in salt because (laughs) if you accidentally touch the elf during the day as a child, Mm -hmm. you sprinkle salt on him. And this is why there are piles of salt all over my house now. Do you mean because that you somehow taint it if you touch it, right? You, yes. you take away its magic. Uh-huh. You have, right. So you are restoring its magical properties when you sprinkle salt on it. It's like when you um, don't some people throw salt over their shoulder when they sneeze <laughs> to get it in the spirit, the eyes of the spirit that made them sneeze that is possessing them somehow. Like that's like from sure. the colonial times. It is. It's true. <laughs> it's not even from colonial times. It might be from like, I don't know, the middle ages that people would do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just tired of sweeping up salt. salt <laughs> because I did one time touch Katie Snevice's elf on the shelf, her kid's elf on the shelf <gasps> in front of the child. Cause I'd never seen an elf on the shelf. That, that's, that's, you know, they came into being after my kids were little and oh my gosh, I'm surprised that, that the Maeve, her middle daughter, I'm surprised she's forgiven me. She just looked to me like 
you just killed Charlie. I, I, I could just see you walking into someone's house and just being like overwhelmed with the cuteness of this little toy. <laughs> and and like, and oh, look how cute. Oh, yeah, like a little puppy. Oh, yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right, Liz. Well, I think I think we need to leave Hardy in peace <laughs> in the salt mines and uh, <laughs> move on to our guest today, who is Katie Zorns, a self-described plus-size triathlete who lives outside Kansas City, Missouri. And as a farmer, Katie is the mother of many fur and feather babies. At the start of the year, Katie set out to do 22 hard things in 2022, like a triathlon and a half marathon, instead of waiting to lose weight to do them. She's fighting through depression to love herself and find joy in her body and life. We are so delighted to welcome you to the show, Katie. I am so happy to be here. This is amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You're very sweet. So I'm just going to confess right up front that I can't make it through one of your year at a glance videos without getting teary eyed yet. I, yet I smile through the tears the entire time because your smile and laughter are just infectious. It just, you just light up the screen truly. Thank you. I cry making them Mm -hmm. if that helps. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, when I look back on the videos from this year, I, I don't know. It's like hard for me to even comprehend mm-hmm. like how this year has gone and where I'm at mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Katie, before we jump into your tale of 2022, tell us about yourself, you know, before you started this amazing journey, maybe your activity level, your body, your mind. Sure. So I'm, I'm someone who has kind of struggled with depression off and on my entire life that really like came to a head when I was around 16 years old. My mom passed away when I was 15 and I kind of fell out of love with activity. You know, I was a pretty active kid, um, always struggled with my weight, but always active. And after college, I woke up one day and decided that I, I was like, I don't feel like I've really lived yet. Hmm. And I was around 400 pounds and I made a, decision that I wanted to lose weight at that time. That's what I wanted to do. And I did. I lost a bunch of weight and I fell in love with activity again. I went for a run for the first time in my life and felt this power that I'd never felt before. And then, you know, life happens as it always does. And we went into, you know, two years of the pandemic and kind of isolation and, I just spiraled into a very deep depression and I pretty much stopped all activity other than anything I had to do to keep the farm alive. Mm -hmm. And I was just like in this cycle of self-loathing because I had gained back over a hundred pounds and I really felt hopeless Mm. and I had never been quite to that dark of a place before. That's kind of where I was at, even towards the end of 2021. Mm, mm. All right. So then let's move into the start of 2022, or maybe it was at the end of 2021. And tell us what sparked that 22 hard things in 2022 undertaking. Yeah, you know, I guess I would call it my rock bottom mentally. Mm. I went back to, I went to a doctor for the first time in many years uh, in November of 2021. Mm -hmm. And my hypertension had returned. Mm. And I was, that was very upsetting for me because it's something I had worked so hard to kind of get under control a decade ago. And I, at that time was 
assigning that to my value, which of course Mm -hmm. is not true. Um, but depression, you know, it tells you a lot of lies. Mm -hmm. And I just, I, I woke up and I had this kind of epiphany one day. I don't know. I guess I just have these epiphanies, (laughs) but I was like, (laughs) maybe I should like meet myself where I'm at. You know, I'm not 25 anymore. And I was trying to do the things that I was doing when I was 25. And, when I was feeling better, you know, and I was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to do, try to set smaller goals. And honestly, my first goal was to brush my hair every day. Mm. That's just like where I was at mentally. Mm. Um, And then I made a goal to do 10 minutes of intentional movement every day. And, you know, it may sound silly. I think people who struggle with depression understand though, I, started to get a little bit of confidence back and see this glimmer of hope and light. And I thought to myself, I'm not going to make another goal in my life to lose so much weight by next year. You know, these resolutions that I have only so much control over. And that's when I made my list of things that I wanted to do to like feel better and hopefully give me some confidence back to like find joy again. So one of your hard things you did was a triathlon um, and you also did a half marathon. So what made you choose those events? I chose a triathlon because many years ago, I don't know how many years ago, I did a triathlon for the first time kind of on a whim because my friend, you know, she told me she had done it and it was all women's triathlon. And she was like, I'm telling you, this is the most supportive athletic event that I've ever been to. And I'm always kind of like nervous, you know, because Mm -hmm. I haven't considered myself an athlete. And I trained for this triathlon and I did the triathlon and it was just like one of the best experiences of my life. And for some reason, when I went back into this depression, I just told myself I couldn't do it again. I'd even like told myself, oh, well, I was going to use triathlon as like a reward. You know, when you lose 50 pounds, you can do a triathlon again. I mean, that's how Mm. much I enjoyed it. Mm. And so I was like, why am I doing that to myself? So I knew triathlon could bring me this joy and confidence back. And so that's why, that's why I chose that. And I chose the half marathon because running, you know, is something I always say running gave me, gave me my power back and, I wanted to run this year and I wanted to have a goal that I knew would be hard. And it was, (laughs) that was, Mm -hmm. that was the hardest thing I did um, physically this year. But you know what? I feel incredible that I was able to do it. And that's why I chose them. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. We'll be back shortly, including hearing about Katie's half marathon. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay. Let's not keep folks waiting any longer. How did your half marathon go? It was a little over a week ago, right, Katie? Yes, it was a little over a week ago. (laughs) Well, I can tell you now, I feel in cripple right now (laughs) that I accomplished it and I crossed the finish line. And 
I've just joked with my husband, like, apparently I need like a three or a four mile warm up now mm-hmm. because I just, I'm like, man, during those first couple miles, I'm thinking, why am I doing this again? Mm-hmm. So that's how I felt at the beginning of the half. Then, you know, it transformed. I went on to my high and I had like four or five miles of just this euphoric feeling because I I was like, this is it. This is what I've been waiting for. And then a big wall, I landed wrong on a downhill Mm. little section and like did something to my foot, not a permanent injury or anything, but you know, these things happen. And I was pretty much forced to walk like the remaining four miles. And at the time I was really disheartened by that. Mm -hmm. I wasn't taking any of my own, like (laughs) the things I've been saying all year. I was just (laughs) in my head about it. And so I spent a couple miles pretty upset. And then I remembered what I came out to do. And my only goal was to finish Mm -hmm. and I finished it. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it was amazing. Yeah. Congratulations. That's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. What surprised you the most about the half marathon, Katie? I think... What surprised me the most, honestly, was how hard those last five miles were. Mm. I felt pretty good going into the half, um, just from a training perspective. And this year, all these hard things I've been doing, I feel like I really hit some strides. And there's definitely been some hard moments, but I've just had so much I have so much to be grateful for and so many things that I'm thankful for. You know, I avoided injury and everything all year. Mm. And so I think what surprised me was how hard it became. And then I surprised myself by getting through it anyway, because I feel like in moments before that I've been in that situation, I've given up. And so mm-hmm. I think that was surprising. And I was also surprised that there were people there who knew me from Instagram Mm -hmm. and to be able to watch them do the things they were doing and succeed was really cool. Mm. I was going to ask that was your husband there or other friends and family out there cheering? Cause it it looked like from the pictures and the video, it looked like a pretty rural course. And so it wasn't like you were running through the streets of Philadelphia with throngs of (laughs) random spectators. Yes. It was a kind of rural (laughs) course, I guess. Um, My husband ran with me, which is incredible Mm -hmm. to have his support. I mean, I have to attribute, I think, a lot of getting through those hard moments to him because he was there like, we're going to do this. It's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. There were there were people out there cheering and everything, but it was the course itself. I don't know that I've ever been on a course before because I used to run a lot and participate in races. But this course, the people on the course were so supportive and encouraging to one another. And I just really appreciated that. Hmm. And this was a destination race, right? How did you how did you choose it? When you had told me destination race, I was like, oh, I, I you know, I bet she's going to a big city or like some you know state park, you know, with ma- sweeping well, vistas, you know. Okay, that's yes, that's hilarious because we had talked earlier about this. Well, originally we were actually going to go do the half marathon in Cayman Islands. Oh, okay. Yes. So see sweeping vistas, yes. you know, something very different than 20 miles outside of Kansas City. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. So, yeah. An ocean. We were, that uh-huh. was the yes. plan. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. So that was the original plan. Then this opportunity came up for us this coming February to go hiking in Agonia. And I was like, mm. you know what? I'm not going to invest as much in this 
big trip for the half marathon. And I wanted to be closer to home towards the end of the year here. So we just went to Tulsa was where the half was. So still a destination, but yes, not, not, not the same. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, it looked like part of it was on grass. At least Mm -hmm. the finish area was on grass. So it was okay. So yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. (laughs) No knocks against rural races. It just didn't look like a, I was like, wow, that's a really unique destination (laughs) race. Uh, (laughs) Okay. So talk to us please about like what this experience has done for your confidence level. And would you say it's more the effect of training or the races themselves? I would say that the training itself is what's given me my confidence back. Being able to commit to something again and follow through to this stage Mm -hmm. because I had just been in this cycle of starting things. And when it was hard in the beginning or the end goal seemed so far away, I would convince myself that I wasn't capable of doing it, you know, instead of being like, this is hard right now. And that's how it is. But like, it's going to get better, if you know what I mean. And and so I think it's really the training that has helped my confidence. And, you know, there are physical things happening, you know, now that I'm like, getting back into exercise and consistent movement that are helping me feel better mentally, as well. Like there's it's the endorphins and those feel good things that come from it. And that's just transformed the way I'm able to tackle the rest of life. Mm -hmm. What advice would you have for someone who might be in a similar situation to you or feeling the way you've felt and then they want to get started on something? Maybe it's a newbie for a half marathon. What advice would you have for them? I think my advice would be to not compare yourself to the pace of other people. And I don't just mean how fast you're running or walking or whatever it might be, but just the pace as far as how long it takes you to reach that goal. For me, I followed a program and it's hard to get defeated in weeks when you feel like you didn't perform as well or you feel like you weren't where you should be at that time. And I would just repeat the weeks. You know, I started early and gave myself plenty of time. And I think historically, I've always been, you know, that felt wrong or bad, but it just, it took me more time and that's fine. And so I think that's my greatest piece of advice. And have you found that you have any favorite pieces of gear that that you've used along the way in all of these events? I mean... My Garmin watch is always my go-to, but I found myself releasing from it a little bit. I could run without the Garmin watch, which Mm -hmm. which is new for me. (laughs) And then aside from that, you know, I'm a Brooks shoe girl Mm -hmm. and I have one pair of Dick's Sporting Goods running leggings that are like the only ones that I will wear on a long run. So I guess I'm attached at that point to those. But outside of that, no other, you know, forever staples. So let's talk about process. It seems the list was a very strong motivator and tool for you this year. Tell us what the list means to you and how you maybe added or subtracted items from it. Yeah, I think I learned a lot from one, making the list and thinking thoughtfully about the types of things that I wanted to put on there. You know, I wanted to put things on there that I could do and not necessarily the effects of doing those things, um, if that makes sense. Mm. 
you know, I didn't want to put a goal to be happy on there. I wanted to put things on my list that could ultimately help me feel better, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think I was able to get to a point kind of middle of the year where I was looking at my list and because I was feeling so much better, all of a sudden there were like other things that I wanted to do, like traveling and hiking and things like that, that I wanted to make space for. And so I knew even middle of the year that there were probably a couple of things that I wasn't going to finish on my original list just because Mm -hmm. I was enjoying the process so much and like finding this confidence, you know, to do the other things that I wanted to do. And so I think the list started out as like a guide for me. And as the year went on, allowed me to open myself up to other things and other experiences. And so I'm 100% going to do another list this coming year, but I think I'm Mm -hmm. going to leave room to have other things enter the picture essentially. Mm -hmm. I'm intrigued so that you mentioned that your first goal on the list was to brush your hair every day, which, you know, is a very different thing than doing a triathlon or running a half marathon. And let the record show, I'm a person who doesn't brush her hair every day. So what are some of the other things, kind of the more smaller, one might say more mundane things that were on your list? Well, I had to make a perfect loaf of sourdough bread on my list. Mm. Okay. I know that's very 2020 of me, but... um, (laughs) I never would like have the patience to do it. And I really wanted to like be more patient. And you know what? Subjectively, I feel like I made a perfect loaf, a perfect loaf for me. You know, Um, I I had go to the dentist on my list because I have a dental anxiety and I hadn't gone in several years. And I wanted to do it because I wanted everything to be working well in there. But, you know, I was scared. And so I pushed myself to do that. And I'm very happy that I did. You know, I think those are probably like people will look at those and be like, oh, well, those are the least hard. But hard is relative, you know, to where you're at in life and what you struggle with and everything. And so everything was kind of hard in different ways. Katie, were there any hard things you tried to do that that were on your list that you failed? Yes. There's a couple that I just didn't make room for. um, But I think the two that I will not complete that will roll over essentially. Um, one is I set out to do 80 workouts with my dad this year, more for building our relationship. And we were able to, we did, I think 25 or so, but injuries on his part and poor time management on my part, we couldn't complete those. Um, and so that's a goal for next year. I think the hardest one on my list this year is one that I won't complete this year. And It was to finally figure out a plan for my mom's ashes 20 years after she died. And you know what? Mm. I'm not ready. And that's what I learned this year. And I never wanted the list to be, it was never supposed to be punishment or this pressure. You know, it was supposed to lead to feeling more alive and feeling good and feeling joy. And so that's the hardest thing on my list that um, I won't, I won't do this year. It's a really healthy perspective on failure. Uh, So this might be tough to narrow down for you, but is there one workout this year that really stands out in your mind? 
I think the workout that stands out in my mind is probably when I met my new friend, Brooke, we met online and we went and did a brick workout together. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time she was ever training for a triathlon. And I was just trying to get back into the swing of things. And I am someone who struggles to work out with other people or go for a run with other people because I feel very self-conscious and that's something that I've been trying to work on this year. And going to do that with her was, it turned into an amazing thing and a new friendship. And I was like, oh, this is why people do this together. (laughs) This is why there is power in this, you know, and I want to do a lot more of that um, this year. And I'm curious, you know, as I mentioned, you live in a rural area. Did you meet Brooke through social media or how did you two connect? So we were actually both a part of an Athena triathlon group on Mm. Facebook. Okay. And we were both locally in the area. And I had said, you know, it it took some courage for me, but I said, if you're looking for someone to train with, because she was doing the same race that I was going to do. Mm. And I was like, if you're looking for someone to train with, let me know. And She did let me know. (laughs) It wasn't one of those things where people are like, okay, great. She was like, do you want to get together and do this? So we did. And I was like, okay, this is how this works. And I should mention Athena is a size category, a weight category. Yes. I've done marathons where I've signed up as an Athena. So that was interesting. Did you find that being amongst other plus size people that made you feel more confident, less um, nervous about things? I mean, what effect did that have on you? Yeah, I mean, it definitely makes you feel empowered. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting because I've been on social media this year and, you know, several people know my story now and I'm not the only plus size athlete out there. I happen to get a little bit of a following, but there are so many runners and in the triathlon community that have inspired me and made me feel like comfortable going out there and doing the things that I want to do. So absolutely being in a group like that made me feel empowered. It reminded me that I belong in this space and it can look like whatever it wants to look like for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned you're, that you have a little bit of a following. You have 122,000 <laughs> folks following your journey on Instagram. What impact has social media had on your journey, both positive and negative? Because it's, you know, the sad truth is we all know that not everyone offers kudos online. Right, right. Well, I would say absolutely more positives than negative. Good. And I think it's amazing that I've been able to connect with so many people that might not have the same struggles that I have. They might not have the same goals, but we're kind of united by this desire to like want to live life more fully. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And being surrounded with people like that has been really uplifting for me. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard for me to comprehend because, you know, there are still people like lots of people that are struggling themselves to get out of that dark space. And so I find by like having those conversations, I am hopefully, hopefully helping them on some level, but they're really helping me Mm. continue down this path. And of course, there have been some very hard moments. Mm -hmm. There are unkind people out there. There Mm -hmm. are hurt people out there. And I've faced that this year. Mm. 
I've tried to be healthy in a way that I can step back when I need to. And Mm -hmm. I hope to continue to be able to do that because I want to maintain (laughs) my mental health at this point. Mm -hmm. But yes, I I think the good far outweighs the bad. Good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. You've had a momentous year in 2022. So what are you planning for 2023? 2023. (laughs) It's it's the question. Um, (laughs) You know, I'm making another list. I will tell you I'm making another list. And I am approaching a little bit differently. I'm not setting out with 23 things on my list to start. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to have a handful of things of my own on my list. I plan to have a handful of things on my list that I share with friends and family, because I think if there's anything, when I look back at my favorite moments from this year, they were the moments that I like shared with other people. Mm. And I also plan to reserve space on my list for the people I haven't met yet who are following me on social media, who have said, I'd love to, you know, I wish I could do a hard thing with you. I I want to do that as well. And so my list is going to be comprised of my own personal goals and then other people's hard things that will, <laughs> I'm sure, be hard for me as well. So yeah, I'm approaching it a little bit different this year because I'm realizing now that I'm out of that dark, dark space that I like people. <laughs> I want to interact with people, be with people again. And, you know, for a long time, for several years, that was hard for me to do. So I'm hoping that I can create something special this year. Yeah, I know you can. I mean, just share that smile and that laughter of yours. And I think that's going to brighten a lot of people's <laughs> days. I, I mean, that sincerely, I just, there's just something that, that it was one of our listeners suggested having you as a guest on the show. And I just took one oh. look at, at your smile. I was like, yep, she's going to be on. Like before I even read any of the words, I'm like, done. She's going to be a guest. So we wish you all the best in the coming year and just very proud of what you've accomplished this year. Good on you. Yeah, congrats. Thank you so, so, so much. Thank you, Katie. Take care. Oh, just adore her. Yeah, she has a great story mm-hmm. and also a great reminder that I don't know that it matters where you are in life, that there's just, we all do hard things and mm-hmm. We all feel those same things that she was talking about, you know, not feeling like she belongs somewhere or, you know, the the anxiety we have when we are reaching out to make a friend or be a new part of a group. Mm -hmm. A lot of it resonated with me. Yeah. And it sounds like her story has really touched a lot of people. It has. It has. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very grateful to, I'm embarrassed. I don't remember who recommended her, but I'm, I'm grateful they did. All right. Well, I hope that some people listening are thinking about signing up for one of our two retreats next year. The first one is in Redmond, Oregon, which is a beautiful part of central Oregon up in the high desert. It's from June 9th to 12th. And then we are returning to Hilton Head Island, South Carolina for the third time, November 3rd through 6th. Our retreats are about 60 women who get together to go on group runs and hear sessions from experts that we bring in, have great meals, a ton of laughs. 
Redmond, there is not going to be any race. We're doing um, a little bit more hiking than we usually do. There's this beautiful state park called Smith Rocks State Park that we're going to go to. We're probably going to do a little canoe excursion out there in central Oregon. And then the cornerstone of our Hilton Head Retreat is a half marathon and quarter marathon there on the island. And our hotel there is right on the beach. It's so gorgeous, as you know, Liz. Yeah. Watch those sunrises. They have a great pool where Liz and I swam in earlier this year. So you can find out all about it and register if you go to anothermotherrunner.com and click on the events and you'll see the retreats in the drop down menu. And if you register for both, you save 200 bucks. So again, go to anothermotherrunner.com to check out all the details about our retreats. Our podcast today was produced in St. Paul, Minnesota by Barry Medore from Fire on the Bluff. Augie, you cannot have a fight with the cat while we're recording. Thank you. Bye-bye.